Jesus, my light and my salvation, whom then shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom then shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host of men were laid against me, yet shall not my heart be afraid. And though there rose a war against me, yet will I put my trust in him. One thing have I desired of the Lord, which I
Okay, so I am having a great time here actually. I've got some um food to have, I'm very thankful for that. I'll do that in a minute or two. Um it's beautiful here, very sunny, um, blue skies. I've been out already today and just busy doing different things. Wow. Um goodness. Um yeah, I'll tell I'll tell you about that maybe in another <laughs> podcast. Yeah, look out for why I went wow on this broadcast. I will let you know in another one. So to get back onto this. Um yep, blue skies, lovely. And um so I'm going to to tell you a little bit about what I've been writing about. Um writing in the Holy Spirit. Okay. So I'm going to start off with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us as we forgive each other. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, that's actually in this um, part of the Bible that the Holy Spirit <laughs> had me looking at in terms of what I have to write about and share with people. But let's look at this. Now, here we are just on Saturday preceding Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur starts, as I said, tomorrow, which will be Sunday, um, the 27th, the evening of the Sunday 27th, to the evening of Monday, the 28th of September 2020. So at the time of recording, this is the day before Yom Kippur. Now I'm saying this in alignment with the Holy Spirit. I do not take sides of religions or different, you know, I am working to reconcile all. So I have to do that within myself. That means I have to be authentic. That means therefore that I have to do that with others too. Um, but I do love the aspects of um, the religions and the traditions that God loves because that's Holy Spirit in me. So there's certain aspects I really love. Now, during the time preceding Yom Kippur, like right now, it is customary to do good deeds and give alms, okay? So what does it mean to give alms? It means like to give to charity, maybe like your time or your money, your finances or resources to um, to a cause, to an organisation, to a situation, um, any kind of work of charity or good deed where you're doing something out of the kindness of your heart. Now, what about those of us who are saved by Jesus Christ? Okay, so for example, in Yom Kippur, um, many people who aren't saved will do these traditions because they don't believe that they're saved and they believe they're doing it to atone for sins. So what of us that what about us that are not to do that because we are saved in Jesus Christ? So we don't offer up sacrifices because Jesus was the once forever sacrifice and now he is now in love <laughs> with God at the right hand of God. So what do we do about that, that he has ascended now and we are connected through the Holy Spirit? Um, You know, when Jesus is that perpetual sacrifice, 
And we really can enter into anything sacrificial unless we dishonour God in unbelief and insult for the great sacrifice once and for all on the cross. Okay, we need to be very careful. So what can we do? Well, we can still join in in all the fun of good deeds. It is tremendously life-giving and wonderful to be a part of and just brings so much joy um, as what we are doing is divinely orchestrated because we are advised by the Holy Ghost of God himself. Now, we do these things in love, as I said, and not out of sacrifice, in order that we may honour Jesus, who came so that we might um, take things further, um, yet only through him in ascendancy. So when we do, it's important to do just that, to do what we love and enjoy, for love at its purest and most divine level. In other words, out of the goodness of our hearts, as I said, in love, never doing anything we do not enjoy or... Um, you know, for attention. It must be genuinely authentic. And this is truly the gift of having the Holy Spirit. It's just the way of God. And I bet many of you clean the driveway or your family car or many other good works and you get a sense of enjoyment out of it and you feel satisfied that that in itself is a work and a gift of the Holy Spirit because you're using your gifts, your time, and talent in ways which are justified and feel good to you to do. If you're giving to charity, you do so in secret. This will be very important for many Jewish people and just anybody really um, that's doing this. Um, so just in, yeah, just to keep it to themselves, really, between themselves and God. For it says in Matthew 6, 1, take heed that ye do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your father, which is in heaven. So it's not just even to look for a reward from your your father in heaven, which is standing out to me as well. It should just be for the, the love of God and not to do or to get anything in return. But, you know, and you'll know that way because you'll feel good about it. So you'll be getting like a sense of satisfaction or something like that out of doing it um, at a spiritual level and an emotional level. Maybe even a physical level, like seeing the finished product. But anyway, now obviously it can be close to impossible to um, be entirely secretive. This is another point as well about all works of charity, unless you go around with a full morph suit on. <laughs> However, it is about intent more than anything. And God judges our hearts and souls. And in other words, just ensure it's something you really want to do. And ultimately, therefore, that it stems from the Holy Spirit. Nothing to do with how you look to others. Yet, of course, pleasing to, pleasing others or hoping for their um, enjoyment or joy is indeed part of loving our neighbour as ourselves. Another thing, try not to cal calculate it all out. Let things flow as much as you can um, in terms of like both the, the spirit and mentally, also physically as is pleasing and is right in alignment with the Lord and the commandments. So obviously in a chast chastity way, in a chaste way that, you know, for example, you are giving, if it is like, I'm even like thinking about, the actual like act of intimacy that making sure that if it's something that you're giving your time to um, the person that you love, making sure that that is within a commitment that's been brought to the altar of God, that that is the person that you've, you know, you've had your, yeah, God has chosen you to have um, your child with. Don't be doing that outside of marriage. Don't do, you know what I mean? So it's about making sure that it's also appropriate as well, how we give and of course, that it's in alignment with the commandments 
and with God's will. Um, again, that's for the protection of our own souls just as much as it is for others as well as God's kingdom. So if it's all in appropriateness, then obviously don't go around like calculating how much you're going to give or what you expect to get back. That's just not of God. Um, and this all comes from scripture that I've been brought to from God today. Let me see. What does it say? Oh, but this is another one as well. I'm not going to read that just yet though. Hang on. So let's go up here. Mm. Yeah. But when thou doest ams, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. So don't calculate everything out. Do it not to get something in return. In other words, if you're calculating out, you're you're doing, you're too much focused away from God and on the earth and on the worldly things rather than God. So don't be a hypocrite. Don't do it for the worldly goods or for yourself. Do it because it's the right thing to do through God and believing in, in God's like flow of like resources to flow through you. So for example, if you use your time and energy or if you use some of your resources to do something good, just believe that, you know, you can keep giving. It's like that alabaster jar. I actually talk about smashing the alabaster box or jar rather with the anointing oil and just letting it flow. So it's, it's believing and having faith that things will be rejuvenated, that, you know, you'll get your resources back around. Like, don't give in a stingy way. Like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can do that or that. Obviously, everybody has to kind of like consult with God first that it is done in righteousness and it's appropriate giving. So that's important. Um, If it's not appropriate giving, you might be stingy, but it's important not to be stingy and to make sure therefore that your giving is in alignment with God's will so that you can do so appropriately without calculating things out again it's about putting god first commandment one um right so the other one was i put keep off the streets when it comes to preaching and off the areas of public recognition if that is your purpose it's important to share the gospel yes but not for attention and instead it should be about to win souls and to help the kingdom of God first and the people that can be done through intercession privately in the space of your own room in prayer between you and God. So there are many different ways to do it without kind of like, you know, being seen to be standing, preaching somewhere. It's very important. God hates that. So just be very careful. Like I'm doing this right now, but I know I have the right to do it through the Holy Spirit because I'm doing it for the right reasons and I know through prayer that it's the right thing to do. I feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to do it. So just make sure you're doing everything for godly reasons. Now, it says here when praying, do not use vain repetitions. We need to be very careful when praying um, recitals, especially at this time, that you're not just saying it for the sake of saying it or because it's tradition or it's religion or it's a ritualistic thing you're doing. That is not good. Do not do that. God hates that. Um, you know, if we're doing something like Hail Mary can be quite repetitive, but we need to make sure that when we're doing that, we're actually, we've got a purpose in mind. It's not vain. Like for example, I have two purposes. Sometimes I will be saying it 
because I'm using it as a time of meditation, keeping me focused in a very graceful and appropriate manner. So the words that I'm saying I know are purposefully um, keeping me in that um, fiat mode when I say Hail Mary. Um, so because I've got the purpose in my mind, it's not vain. So I'll do that at times, but I'll also actually be thinking about this and thinking in thanksgiving um, for Mary, for for God and all of God's gifts, including Mary as the mother of God and bringing Jesus into life. So it's very, very important that, you know, you have that level of sanctity with it and that level of real mindfulness about what it is that you're saying. Okay, um... So obviously um, this is a time where people are, you know, some people are atoning, but you don't need to do that. Um, some of you have been joining in as well in the um, the Novena prayers and things too. Um, okay. I'm going to look and see what I think. Right, okay. So this is a time of fasting. It is really important. It says here, and I just love how God brought me to this, um, particularly because it's so perfect for this time. Okay. Um. So it's a time of forgiveness as well. It's important to forgive like others as we see in this, like forgiving of each other. And I keep it, straight to the point at that because I think sometimes if we say you know about forgiving debts or forgiving trespasses people get too locked into just what that is rather than the pure fact that it's about forgiveness and that's it so if we stop it there it keeps it simple and it keeps people focused without them getting distracted or sidetracked um and so it's important to do that because obviously if you're expecting forgiveness, um, during particularly during Yom Kippur, you want to make sure that you have forgiven everybody, or anybody that you might need to forgive, you've forgiven them, um, because it says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Okay, so 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 important. So that's how a lot. Um, some, I'm not going to say this. I'm going to move on. Right, okay. So we're going to move on. We're talking about fasting. I did say I was going to get to that. So make sure Matthew 6, 16 says, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. So again, it's not about people and how you look to people. It's not about saying, this is a religion. We do this in this days. So I'm going to do this. Oh my goodness, I'm so busy fasting. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. It's not good, I don't think. Okay, but thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face. So when you're fasting, make sure that you're not like looking like you are. So make sure you look after yourself. So you um, are not drawing attention to yourself in fasting. 
um, yeah, Matthew 6, 18, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father, which is in secret, and thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Okay. Okay, so I'm brought to this, and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Okay. So it's talking about the the level of closeness or separation with God is very important in these times. And people like are looking to to do things so that they might um like gather up things enter into their own like treasure or storeroom or something like that. God wants you to put God first. Um, and also like not to worry about having certain things or certain types of like clothing and stuff like that. It says here, and why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So it's like, look at how natural um, naturally those who don't like want for anything just get it because they're not asking for it for the wrong reasons like a bird is not going to be like <laughs> like you know oh gosh please like make me this wonderful feathery um self like just you know okay maybe to some extent we do know the peacock show off okay fair enough but you know what I mean you get the point that it's about just not worrying about it. It's like, just let it happen. And I also thought about this as well with part of um, something to do with something else. But anyway, we'll move on. Um, so I'm going to, yeah. Right. So basically when you're praying about different things as well, let's get back to the novena. It's saying here, um, therefore take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or where wherewithal shall we be clothed? This could be really quite a good one, especially for people coming up in Yom Kippur or at the end of it because they're looking like a lot at the traditions and what they should wear, what they should be eating beforehand because it's a big time. Like if they're going to fast, they like to have like things to eat beforehand. And God just says, you know, all these different things, all these outside things are not important. It's about your heart and your posture towards me. Look, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek, you know, come on. For your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. But they'll be added naturally. So it's not about seeking them first. It's about seeking God first. And then just letting everything that needs to occur, occur. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Wow. Looks like people aren't supposed to be concerning themselves too much about Yom Kippur. 
that's what's been brought upon here. Of course they shouldn't because the saviour is Jesus Christ. But it is a lovely time still to um, be closer to God and to do these different things and have these observations, of course. Um, oh, just as it says here, judge not that ye be not judged. Matthew 7, 1. Right, now let's go down. Okay. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? I think it's a time for people to like be in deep prayer and actually like asking for things. So I think those of you that are particularly saved already in Jesus Christ, this is not a time for you to be like, um, you know, obviously like backtracking and um, going too far into Yom Kippur in that sense. But you need to be asking for things, like maybe even God to help you with different things. Um and do that in faith that it will actually occur for you. It does say something about Okay. And that's alright. Okay, now every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. That's Matthew seven twenty one. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? <laughs> and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these scenes, the people were astonished at his doctrine, <laughs> for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Upon you, 
place.